SFI Goes PC, and it's episode 34. It's a ninja combo, three and four, and it's very apt that I say ninja combo for today's topic. We'll talk about ninjas, obviously. I'm here as always. I'm your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hale, and with me is our producer, Winifred Mott. Say hello. Hello. And also, back by popular demand, kicking and screaming across many oceans, we've brought him here to Hong Kong with us. It's the Unicorn Slayer. Say hello. Hello. Yeah, so we're all here, which is very good. Uh, going to begin the podcast today, starting off with uh, not an apology, but more like we were a bit crazy last week because I was literally running on uh, adrenaline, I'm pretty sure. So uh, yeah, my leg. It's getting better, folks. We're, we're getting there one, one step at a time, as I say. Uh, but we kind of hit the topic of school food and it came to our attention in editing that we completely omitted Winifred's school food experience. Obviously, we were super intrigued on the day, but we forgot that she existed. I which guess is I fell thing. asleep halfway I'm through pretty, the podcast. Pretty sure you were asleep through, through most of the podcast. So That's just how good we are. Yeah, so enlighten us, just to end that kind of crazy conversation we had about school food last time, enlighten us to your school food. To be fair, it was, it was really boring, which is probably why it, I didn't, pipe up with anything it's just ham and cheese sandwiches that my mom made for like years until i got sick of it and then she changed the peanut butter and jam right well that's that's <laughs> that's that that was really worth it thank yeah, you very much <laughs> I, do, I do have a story about uh, a friend's lunch oh, because dear. when i was in primary school and this was in australia the kid next to me had vegemite sandwiches and the smell of it was like Ugh. That stuff's just wrong. Like I've I've actually grown to be accustomed to. It. I'm okay with it now, but at the time, every day, this kid that sat next to me had Vegemite sandwiches every single day. Now, if you don't know, if you're not as international as we are, we're very international. Obviously, we're in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, I'd just like to point out that Vegemite is it's like a slightly less intense Marmite, is how I'd say it. it's Australia's version of Marmite. Yeah, you either love it or you hate it. That rule still applies. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like I find it a little I, bit I, more bearable than Marmite. I've, just a I've, wee bit. I've learned to love it. You you learn to yeah. love it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you've got a weird gimmick where you just if you don't like something, yeah, you'll you'll force yourself to eat it until I you keep like it. Eating it until I either understand why I don't like it or I like it. Yeah, that's why we call you <laughs> a professional termite because uh, you literally will eat anything, even if you don't like it, you'll get to like it. That's how it is. So anyway, moving on from are we are we now okay with our school food stories? <laughs> We're cool, all caught up until we next go to this uh, uh, amazing establishment, uh, super chain, if you will, emanating from Seoul, I believe school food until we return there we shall bury the topic of school food and dinners and stuff like this and move on quickly mm -hmm. to our week at hand it's been a very interesting week because we've had well last night we had some pretty gnarly thunderstorms which mm -hmm. was kind of cool i went out there with a lightning rod trying to be thor uh didn't really work out uh i'm more like well, i'm more like burn up crispy cream i guess Krispy Kreme, there you go, that's the plug. There you go, if you're listening and you like donuts, go to Krispy Kreme. There's one in uh, New Street Station. We don't get paid for that. No, we don't, but we, we should. We probably shouldn't. No, we should totally get paid for that. Like, if you're listening, anyone who's out there in Krispy Kreme, pay me, because I just mentioned you after... What... We do it enough, they might take notice. Yeah, they, they might. Yeah. We might get free donuts shipped in from California, which will be quite gross by the time they get here. Yeah. Anyway, so, moving along. 
Yeah, so lightning and thunderstorms. Did you find yourself walking back in that last night? No, I missed it all completely. That's good. Did you see it from your window? No. I, have, I closed the curtains at night. Well, okay. That's oh, fine. So um, I think Thor was in town. I think he was doing a signing. I think that's what it was mm. all about. Like he uh, just skipped over from Asgard, if it's still a thing, <laughs> and uh, came over for a signing impromptu. Yeah, because we've seen, uh, well, we saw a very special guest, which can't announce, but he was also a superhero. Mm. Um, that's uh, going back to some kind of episode. <laughs> You'll see it in the, in the actual TV series, FIA goes uh, crazy, I would call it. Uh, yeah, 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 because, you know, I mean, that's what we do. Uh, so basically this week we filmed again. Uh, we basically started off doing uh, episode two, essentially. Well, bits and bobs. I'm not going to ruin the format. But it's it's not as direct as that. It's kind of non-linear, the format for all of those uh, film buffs out there that give a damn about non-linear film editing or whatever. But yes, yeah, so we uh, we went to Ninja Village, didn't we? A, a real active Ninja Village, near enough next door to where we are right now. Mm. It's pretty cool. What do you think? They were that good. I couldn't even see them. No, they were <laughs> super speedy, mm-hmm. super speedy, very, 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 very fast, very, very quick. Um, yeah, hiding in all the corners, in the right corners, yeah. I might add, because they're ninjas. I'm Professional. Left but it is it, it important to say that ninjas are strictly a Japanese thing, and we are in, with all cause and effect, the bottom of China. I can't say that too much. I always stop myself because of what's going on out here, the protests. Is, and we have seen a lot it's of protests. hard to be politically correct these days, well, in general, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's difficult because if you are in Hong Kong, it's a very divisive thing to say that Hong Kong is part of China. It is, uh, geographically. Geographically, yes. Um, but yes, you know, the things that are going on, we're seeing slightly more of that. We didn't see anything in the Ninja Village. No. That's got to be said. But around it, we've been starting to see uh, more police presence building up, um, especially because it was a weekend. Mm -hmm. Originally, we were going to try and avoid the weekend filming, but obviously, my leg got trashed. So we kind of have to. What idiot did that? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Some kind of baby rhino fell from the sky, I think. (laughs) I've been <laughs> called many things in my life, but a baby rhino is uh, baby, definitely a new one. Baby rhino falling from the sky, basically landing on my leg. Uh, I'm meant to get some kind of a reward or medal or even a rainbow, but i got nothing. So there you go. I've got a gold star for you somewhere. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Like a real one? Yeah, yeah. From, it's massive. From which nebula? <laughs> that one. Up there. Oh, okay then. So, uh, yeah. So, basically, we're seeing rise in the protests. There's still a lot of... Um, Notice. I think the weekend thing was quite vicious. It, it sort of kicked off in Yunlong again. They're having a peaceful vigil there, so it wasn't too violent or anything. But the alarming thing is walking through the MTR stations and stuff like this, you're starting to yeah. see, especially on weekend, you're starting to see riot cops and things like this. And lots of roadblocks around as well. Yeah. Just a nod to the police, though. We did see a bunch of young kids, uh, Islamic kids, talking to the cops mm. and they're all having good time so they're not as mean and monstrous as the <laughs> media might point out I'm, I'm talking about the islamic kids here um <laughs> but i actually think that the cops aren't so bad either um yeah no i think that you've got to uh you've got to like the uh the police in hong kong because they're they're quite young too it's quite alarming to see how young the police officers especially right cops are probably around 26 late 20s early 30s about our age Mm. Yeah. Everyone's quite young that's involved. So I kind of feel like for Hong Kong, I mean, we're going through a period of change and this is kind of like growing pains, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not going to make everyone happy 
some people are going to be upset by certain things, but we're going to move forward regardless. Yeah, it's it's. I still see it as quite impossible to see an end because, like, personally, just looking at it, if it sort of develop, it feels a bit more like a social outreach, like a kid youth program where they've got something to do on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. I feel like that's the thing that's missing. There's some kind of lack of... I think, I was saying to Pete, like, I think that we should buy everyone a PlayStation 4 and they'll be fine. I think that'd solve it. Sony, if you're out there and you want to create a really good PR campaign... Give every uh, youth in Hong Kong a PlayStation 4 and we'll see what happens to the riots <laughs> and the process. Because honestly, I think it would help a great deal. Even though you'd probably get some kids going, I prefer PC gaming, wouldn't you? <laughs> so they'd be like, yeah, don't give me a console. I prefer a super jacked up laptop or something, you know. Well, I was writing, but I realised I can do it on GTA 5 instead. Well, that's what that's kind of what quelled all of the Los Angeles situation for at least a year and the UK situation. That did seem to calm things back there like the GCA release, because it is, I mean, Wynn was saying uh, um, to me before we came here that there's been a, a kind of a flurry of these fashionable rooms where you just get to trash everything in the room. Mm. Yes, I've seen those. Yeah. Right, right, right. So it's like mm. venting stress by smashing up a room. Yeah, it's like pay per 15 minutes or hour or whatever, and mm. then you just get to trash whatever's... Whatever's whatever. there. Yeah, whatever's in the room. and yeah. fridges and all exactly, sorts. Exactly, exactly. Which kind of is like... Uh, being a rock star without the music isn't it like go to your hotel room smash it all up chuck stuff out the window and then leave and go to another town do exactly the same thing so yeah but basically that's an interesting thing because there's obviously a venting need i mean this is kind of why karaoke was invented in the first place in japan yeah. it's that kind of high stress society where everyone works far too long and for far too many hours and they need a venting here it's kind Just of any kind of expression i think yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it is. Well, when it's violent expression, I think it is amped up stress. Yeah. I think you can't deny that. I mean, if you're a very passive person, like a monk, yeah, but you still had quite a need to release your emotions. You won't go trash in rooms, would you? You'd probably go throwing flowers or something. So it, well, it has to have a context where the violence is from a rage. Well, what's been interesting, especially in the sort of art scene, is that there's a lot of creative puns or play on words or you know. Uh, poster designs mm. that are coming out just you know because the kids are inspired a lot of something. songs as well yeah 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 mm. being written yeah that's that's the thing that's been a trend recently mm. is these songs that are being written not only by canto pop stars but the, the kids in these malls themselves yeah. i mean honestly isn't that like going to a football match for us pretty much yeah i mean that's that's the thing that's quite alarming it's almost like i mean in, in a deep level we don't get deep very often uh, and i won't stay deep now but it feels quite like a social issue. Like, it feels quite like these kids have grown up uh, too oppressed and they're seeing freedoms now that they never got in previous generations. Mm -hmm. And it's making them go nuts. You know, you've got these venting rooms where everyone trashes. It's basically like an they're escape room. They're actually room. really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Those rooms well, of course, because they're, <laughs> they're trashing things in yeah. it, you know. But it's basically like an escape room meets a Greek wedding. You know, that's basically what you've got there. You know what I mean? But it's funny how this is is warping. Mm -hmm. Because like, honestly, like for us, uh, we kind of vent our stress at a pub or a bar or something like this. Uh, even uh, some of us when we're kids, we shouldn't, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you've got uh, old man jeans and you look like 25 by the time you're three. If you've got old man jeans, you should give them back. They're yeah, you, you should really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you stop stealing all man jeans, people. Yeah. God, jeez. Yeah. If we just... have to tell you again, there's going to be trouble. Well, yeah. Well, not just from us, but the old man. Yeah, He's yeah. going to be very angry. So he's down the road in his pants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, comedy is a good release for this rage and violence. So basically, what I'm saying is, you I call think... it be violent. No, no, no. I think that every high pressure area in Asia is basically evolving to accept the modernization of the world because the world's getting smaller. The problems are getting more similar. So whereas you've got a millennial back in the UK or something like this that's basically got entitlement issues, you could argue, not all of them do, mm. here it's a case where everyone's just completely devoid of like any social maturity. So they, it's almost like these kids are part of a cult right now. And, uh, you know, it's not an opinion of if that's good or bad. I just think it's a natural progression. But it does need to be assessed and there is no one assessing it at the top. No, no one in the government's mature enough to deal with it. And you could argue no one in China has ever experienced anything like this either. So it's a very big phenomenon that's that's happening and it might spread into China. You never know. Let's hope it doesn't. But you never know. This could be evolution, kids. I think Hong Kong has always been like uh, a testing ground for things. Like Japan likes to test their electronics in Hong Kong. So we have all the prototypes and then whatever works sort of like goes outside of that. And in this case, it's almost like, well, this one country, two systems idea is being tested here. Well, I don't it's never know. Happened I, I, I'm else. not. I'm not certain if it is being tested here because you you've had a few glimpses of a similar structure in Macau. You definitely had that for a while in Singapore before it went mental. Anything that's post-colonial is going to hand back. Mm-hmm. Has that system essentially because there is no direct sort of sense of complete colonial power or takeover. So I think that they all have a bit of that anyway. But what's happened? is less of that and more like it's basically being sold as that it's all being sold as political but Mm -hmm. i feel like none of it's political i feel from the ground up you're looking at a very social disorder because the kids are tired of living the same lives that their parents and their grandparents and everyone else lived and they want more freedom there is a lot of social pressure in this society for sure well i mean this is one of the arguments you could argue and this is again still deep we're still getting deep kids but this is one of the arguments that you could have like um with the fact that china censors because all of these modern programs and TV dramas and all of these things are relatively new to Hong Kong. Netflix hasn't been here for as long as it's been in the West. It's now a trend here. So when you start breaking the doors down in that way, you're exposing these kids to more culture and more entitlement that we've been suffering in the West. You know, But we've, we've got maturity to handle that out there. We can make jokes about it. People aren't ashamed to laugh at it. You know, We all have that relative or someone that we think is basically a tuna fish waiting to be canned. You know, it's basically, it's basically that, but we're open with our feelings, you know, whereas here, that's a relatively new thing. It's starting to happen now where people express themselves mm-hmm. more, but it's never been a cultural thing. No. It's always been, uh, we, we say stiff upper lip in the UK compared to America. We're constantly taking all of the pressures and the Titan and stuff like this and never talking about it. They go to therapy every day in America, you know. For us, but, it's saving face. Yeah, for here, it's 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 a social pressure, and I think that's cracked now. And I think what you're getting now is this stream of rage directed at authority. Mm. It's basically, like I said a few weeks back, a punk rock movement. Mm. But no one knows that. So no one's looking at this going, oh, I get this. This is basically, you know, like the grunge movement back, back in the 80s or... You know, the punk before that. No one's seen it like that. Instead, everyone's 
totally panicking because they're kind of like, oh my God, what the hell is this? And how does this end and all this stuff? Or selling it like these kids deserve a better life and we failed them or whatever. So my whole thing is with this whole situation, I feel like you've got to view it not as a revolution, which they love to sell it as, but more an evolution. Mm-hmm. And it's in everyone's benefit to get on top of it and see it for what it actually is rather than think it's as political as it is, because I don't feel that it is. I think that these kids, especially how they're going out, putting out propaganda, like or pictures and, and, and perspectives or political sort of cartoons or something like this, because that's what we used to do in bands when we were playing a gig. Yeah. And to me, it's exactly the same thing. You're well, doing a street thing. team promotion, yeah. you know? One thing that's a little worrying is that how both sides are kind of pointing at each other with misinformation, because one of the... Um, graffiti things that I saw as we were walking through the station was that it was saying how someone died at uh, at one of the MTR scuffles and it was proven that oh nobody died it, that was I don't know where that came from well you know? there's there's a lot of divisive wording like yeah. there's a lot like uh, please police do not kill our children and mm-hmm. stuff like this the cops haven't killed anyone yet the construct here is this panic that I'm ta- talking about like the fact that you've got something like a punk rock movement in a world that's basically been super innocent and pure and has not even had anyone speak out to their mom or dad. Not like we have in the UK. It's very typical in the UK to be sat down at your Sunday lunch dinner and have three or four people go off at each other in a pub. You know, you, you can hear families yelling at each other, kids getting thrown across the room, whatever. That's normal. We love that. You know, so it's like, chew the nod back. Hey! But uh, in Hong Kong, that does not happen. And if you have a kid voicing off to their parent, they're literally ostracized by mm-hmm. everyone in that restaurant. They're like, oh, my God, that kid's really bad. So disrespectful. Are. Yeah, totally. The end. And it's changed. Even if the kid's right. But this is the evolution <laughs> that I'm talking about. This evolution is now occurring to the point now where I think it's loosening that grip. Mm. So you've got the new generation basically saying, look, well, we've seen what the world's got to offer and we want more of that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the real key problem here. I don't I don't honestly think it's political. I think the divisive propaganda you get on both sides being, you know, the kids are all these lunatic psychopaths mm-hmm. and the cops are all these crazy, Cunts you know, and, you know, yeah. stormtroopers yeah. from from a past gone era. Or even China as the overall, you know, tyrannical force behind it all. I actually think none of it's true. I think it's just kids playing with words, thinking that they're literally living an adventure right now. You know, and that the cops are so young that they, they've never had to deal with anything like this. I mean, even the wise veteran cops, they don't have training for this. They've, it's never happened. No, we've never had anything like this. Yeah. So. so basically, I'll wrap the whole Hong Kong protest thing up so we can move on. It's like going to Slipknot if you're expecting a, a Britney Spears concert. Mm. That's what it's like. The whole protest is literally boiled down to a mosh pit when you're expecting fun, love, and bubblegum. It's literally that. So now we can move on. Do you all agree? Yeah, we cool? Sure. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> Pete's been very, very silent. I think we wore him out yesterday um, by uh, doing what we did. So night, and no, not night, it was day inside an, a ninja village. Yeah. How, how, how was that experience for you? Rather cool, because it is that kind of rural, older side that you don't really see. Yeah. When you're out in the cities and whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like the Hong Kong equivalent to York, isn't it? Because yeah, it's much. an it's an old place, still mm-hmm. active, essentially. Yeah. Uh, still a village within a wall. 
<laughs> which is the old way of doing stuff. What was your favourite aspect of it? We don't want to ruin too much for the kids at home because you will actually get to see this on a TV show, Project FIA, which will be on FIA Gets Chooped. Chooped on YouTube. On YouTube. On our channel. Please subscribe now. There's not going to be a lot of shifts and changes until uh, November. Later sort of, this year. Yeah, first week of November, you'll start seeing things being thrown up. By December, it should all be up there. We'll see. It's, you know, when and I have got a lot of editing to do. But what you will see is, you know, that's the central place that you can start seeing series. One is up there, some uh, nods to the podcast last, last time we did it, etc., etc. Things will come up there. So... We won't ruin too much about it, but we can talk about the experience. So, yes, what was kind of the best point of it, do you think? Just seeing the uh, the corridors and all of the inner workings of stuff? Yeah, and all the little temples that are just randomly dotted around. I quite like the, the not in the show, quite like the random little shop that we popped into as well. Because mm. it's just like somebody's front room. There's a bunch of guys sitting around watching telly, somebody's cooking. It's a local shop for local people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just to set us exactly where it is, it's not actually a ninja village. We have discussed <laughs> that. It, they, they are found in Japan. Uh, <laughs> what was the village called when? Where we started was Hangmei Chun, Hangmei Village. Yeah. And where we went through uh, was the nearby heritage trail called the Pingshan Heritage Trail. And it's the oldest heritage trail in Hong Kong. So if you guys are wanting to just establish... The visuals way before the series will show you because we did some incredible. I mean, we this is like pure BBC style documentary shooting here. We we we've beaten them all. We've done way better job. Um, Richard Amber will be very very proud of me, uh, and his brother would be too. Um, but there you go. So uh, it's it's that good. It's basically like Blue Planet but better because um, it's green and cement coloured. And we're the only animals in it. And we are pretty much the lesser spotted us. Yep. Things, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, if you want to Google uh, the places, just say it again. When Pingshan Heritage Trail and Hangmei Village, Hangmei Hang Chun. Hang yeah. Chun. Yeah, it's hard for me to say. I don't want to butcher the Cantonese on this. So uh, yeah, so basically that's my job. <laughs> yeah, it's your. You do it well. So we went to the village. Um, basically. It's really close uh, to nearby where we're based. I won't say how close, just in case you guys pour into our door or whatever. But it's very <laughs> close. But yeah, th I think the thing that's quite amazing is even in Hong Kong, this whole site is super rare. This is like going back about two, 200, 300, 400, yeah, dynasty to 800 period. years. Also, I think it was 1875, the first building came up there. What's interesting is that um, I believe... Aside from the fishing village that was already here, most of the sort of immigrants that came in from China came through this part of the original uh, settlers Hong of Hong Kong. That's right, and yeah. actually they have um, they have uh, an ancestral monument or something. The Tang family. So the Tang family were one of the first families to come to Hong Kong from China. Yeah. So basically, it's kind of cool that we're super close to it. But I think what Pete Pete pointed out about just like. It's very interesting because the whole place doesn't feel real, does it? It doesn't feel like, you know, this is <laughs> life for people. Yeah. It feels like a monument, essentially. But it is all still lived in, mm -hmm. which is crazy. And they've done a lot of good things to tourism. So there's cafes and there's little snack shops. But as you said, they're not like the super high-tech 7-Elevens you see littered around the no, city. No, not at all. These are literally just 
two old people running something out of their <laughs> yeah. lounge, which is an amazing vibe. It's kind of not dissimilar from going down south to Devon or Cornwall and you see similar things happening down there in certain rural areas or even Ireland, you know. I love that. It's kind of great to see that out here. And again, nothing's really changed, you know, like nothing's been adapted too much. I think if anything was, it was stuck sort of probably 50s to the 70s. Yeah. You know, but it's quite cool because then you come round the back end of it and you've got that super modern, you know, the MTR station mm-hmm. and the backdrop of, of Tin Soy Y and stuff. That's just mental. You know, that's always been one of these things that baffles me when I'm here. Is how you go from yeah the old and the new are really juxtaposed literally next yeah, to each other almost like you've got a movie backdrop <laughs> you know like when you see something you know that's in Birmingham a lake and then say Spielberg will turn up and do like Ready Player One <laughs> you know so like this and just turn it into something that oh, isn't that never happen yeah yeah no no it wouldn't have never that wasn't filmed no no in no at all, no was no it? no Digbeth, uh, well they didn't like to promote that it was. <laughs> But it was. And you can't tell that it was. <laughs> oh, you totally can. The uh, is is the one one flash scene. I think there's I think there's three absolutely tiny scenes that nod to the fact that you're in Digbeth mm. by the fact that there is nothing, and I mean nothing, even in the ghettos, all this the in American states that looks as bad as Digbeth. <laughs> nothing. That's why he well, you know, he sent his world class touring agents to say right i want scumbag like village this is gonna look dystopian future right dystopian future Mm -hmm. and i want you to find the one place on earth that looks the worst and he found it in digbeth and just as a reach out to digbeth that's it i've got nothing to say it's that bad we 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 actually know digbeth quite well don't we we? because we spent a lot of time walking around digbeth looking for a toilet we did indeed. A Victorian era toilet. We did yeah. some filming there in season one of Project FIA. We did. want to be careful saying we filmed in a toilet because people might get the Not wrong the idea. Toilet. Yeah, it wasn't that kind <laughs> of a thing. Just the area. And if it was that kind of a thing, it was classic as it was Victorian. Moving on. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm trying to say is like the basic thing is like when they superimpose a backdrop, so like an alien ship's basically hovering over the UK or something like this, you see on Doctor Who all the time. It's basically the same thing when you are living Hong Kong, when you see that backdrop in a village that's like, you know, 200 plus years old and you're seeing something that looks like a spaceship that's just landed outside. It's pretty amazing. And that's the thing that it never gets boring out here because you're always seeing sites like that, you know, around every corner and stuff like this. I think that um, it was cool to show you that area. Obviously, we don't want to ruin any of the, the episode in it, but we were filming in quite severe heat it's been really hot this week i think yeah. mid mid 30s and really high humidity really high humidity and basically whilst we were filming in the uh in the old village there we had rain didn't we and we had to do the the run back and that i think was the best point of the day because we hadn't really stopped at that point we were just being like machines and at that point we had to stop we we're forced to a stop and that's when we hung out with uh you know our, our new mates who were like probably average age 85, I don't know. But it was kind of a cool experience, wasn't it? Mm. It's always an amazing thing to me, just on a kind of random topic here, but how civilization sort of creeps into places. You know, like you can be in some really rural places, even close to home in Europe, you know, France especially, where there's literally nothing for miles and miles and miles except for one guy selling coke out of a post box. You know what I mean? It's that one dude who's like in a whole, like maybe 10,000 mile radius is selling coke to people who find themselves by his post box. Yeah. 
I that's don't Coca Cola. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, we have to clarify that it's uh, it's obviously that. Yeah, not uh, cocoa powder. Yeah, mm, cocoa pops. <laughs> I've got a story about the Heritage Trail. Okay, it's, it's a bit of a tangent. It, does it start once upon a time? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I was walking to town, and there were a couple of tourists that were uh, walking along the Castle Peak Road, and they were looking for it. So I gave them directions to the Heritage Trail, and then they asked me, "Where's the castle?" And it didn't twig at first because the name of the main road there in Chinese doesn't have the word castle in it. It's Castle Peak Road in English, but ah uh, yeah, yeah. And well, they're like, the, "Where's the castle?" And I'm a, like, "It's an interesting thing because of cross translation. <laughs> a lot of it's sort of either uh, when the uh, the British were here naming the roads, mm-hmm. they either did it visually yeah. from what they saw. Oh look, that looks like a big, you know, boomerang. We'll call it boomerang rock, right?" Or they basically get the translation mixed up from what they ask the local public. Where am I right now? Mm-hmm. You're in a rice field, so they call it rice field. You know, stupid things like that, but in Cantonese. So it's quite interesting what's, what that is. Going back to your story, yeah. these people were lost in that translation. Yeah, yeah. So they were literally thinking that the castle there is a castle. ends in a castle. Yeah. So you like, this is, this is the, the prime... The funny thing is... If they hadn't stopped to ask me, because like most people along this path don't speak English, if they hadn't stopped to ask me, I wonder if they would have walked the whole Castle Peak Road all around the mountain down to like the Gold Coast well, and that's, stuff. That's you see, that's the difference between you and us. See, in the UK, if we were asked something like that, and we know it doesn't exist, we'd have been like, oh yeah, 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 it's just yeah, 30, just keep going for a bit. Thirty, mar- 30 minutes walk down there, and it's at the bottom of the forest is where you'll find that. But it doesn't exist. We know that. Okay, so here... We don't have castles in China. Well, this is the thing that's funny. It's like you should have stopped and done the second British thing, which is to stay there and go, you do realise the Vikings never made it this far, <laughs> nor did the Normans or anyone that builds freaking castles. <laughs> Just so you know. So yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a logical question. Like, when they asked it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, uh... I've got to say, they'd be very disappointed if they ever went to Birmingham looking for Spaghetti Junction. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's no Italians there at all. No, no. Just or Spaghetti. A... Or st- exactly. Or a junction made out of Spaghetti. <laughs> That'd be fun. It'd be, it wouldn't be very effective. <laughs> I think what we need to do is start understanding that monuments named after stupid things need to change their names to exactly what it is. Higgledy Piggledy Road. Which is what Spaghetti Junction should be called. There's a Badger Street near me at home. Nice. Yeah. Is no there badgers. a Badger? No. <laughs> well, there's were... an old woman that's got her hair that looks like a Badger. <laughs> they were. They were obviously I removed. To stroke when she bit. So yeah, pretty much a Badger. The Badgers were obviously removed a long time ago when they were hunted for their pelts. Everyone knows this. The the Great Hunting Badger period of the UK. That sounds like a great animal. The Great Hunting Badger. <laughs> I want to meet one of those. I mean, you know, uh, you, you you could. I always think it's funny because when we're talking about hunting, which we obviously have to do quite a lot in Hong Kong, especially when we're hunting castles that don't exist on a peak by a road, that it's it's right to right, uh, it's correct to wear the right attire. Oh, sorry, my teeth are still a bit shattered from uh, having a rhino land on my leg. So uh, when you're out there hunting, everyone, and you need the right attire, you can get that right attire. Oh, yes. And you can look good. You can look dashing. It can look better than any of your friends, unless your friends know about it, and then you'll probably look about the same, which is just spiffy. And that is, go visit our sponsor for the entire series and beyond, uh, Hobo Bait. They're based in Hong Kong. 
Uh, they sell t-shirts obviously, but they sell everything. Everything that you need, you could need, or you might need on a rainy day, or a sunny day, or in the winter, or in the autumn. It doesn't matter. Or if you're looking for a castle. Or hunting yeah. for badgers. Perfect. This is the kind of thing, it's definitely uh, acquired badger hunting attire for sure. <laughs> um, so all you gotta do kids is go out to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. It's part of the Teespring community. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. Just check it out. You'll love it. We love it, don't we? Because they've, they've provided us very kindly with all of our season two clothes. Well, I won't say clothes. We've still got shorts and things like boxes and, you know, uh, basically things that crawl up your legs. We've got those naturally. Um, so basically they've supplied all of our t-shirts for the series. Very cool. They've also done a permanent sort of nod to the series, FIA, which is, yeah, I mean, super cool of them to do that. They're based here in Hong Kong on the Teespring community. So just go there and go crazy and shop till you drop, basically. And that's it from badger hunting attire tips. Unless you want to talk about how to cook a badger, I'm all out of... I don't think you can eat them. Badgers? Yeah, you can. I'm pretty sure you can. Um, it's better when they're cooked, obviously, or dead. It's one of those you've got to do over an open fire on a spit. Otherwise, Wolf. it just doesn't taste right. Wolf. You're looking at me like I've actually done this. I will point out I've never had badger. <laughs> I've had some weird things. We probably know a few people who have. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. Yes. You're right, Ant. He eats them raw. We know you're the chief badger hunter amongst us. So, yeah. Anyway, moving along from badger hunting. So, Castle Peak. I think the inference is actually that the hill looks yeah, like... Yeah, the, the name of the... Mountain, I think, is castle yeah, yeah, peak. because yeah. it literally looks like at the top of the tree formation looks like a castle. Yeah, if you put a lot of artistic license on <laughs> oh. your eyesight and a photo up there. Yeah, it also looks like a big boob. I'm not gonna lie, but there you go. <laughs> That's just how I see it. I think it's one of those cloud things. It looks like a ship or something completely phallic. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So anyway, um, a bit. I will point out this week uh, a nod to. It's going back to the Selioke days when we filmed season one. A couple of my mates who lived opposite the road out there, Faris and Ibrahim, good buddies of mine. I just want to give a quick shout out because both of them have been supporting the series since day one, which I really appreciate. And they're always asking us questions and checking in. So they're great. They also passed their doctors. They're, they're fully uh, fledged doctors now, which is great. Yeah, well done. Congrats, guys. So we're just giving you a shout out. Hopefully you'll keep Birmingham under wraps and uh, basically normal and sane before uh, any of us return. Because obviously as soon as we leave, things tend to go a bit mad, don't mm. they? So anyway, uh, just a quick shout out to those guys. Thank you very much. And we're moving on. So when we wrapped up the uh, the village, Ninja Village, uh, we were very, well, Ninja Village is not actually a Ninja Village. It's uh, the non-Ninja Village. The non-Ninja Village. <laughs> Ninja-esque village, but not in Japan. Ninja-less. Mm, I mean, there was a few. I'm pretty sure. They were just really quick. We didn't mm. see them. So when we moved past that then, we then sort of uh, ended our day going out to uh, eat nearby. It was a very good place. We had uh, green fields or something it was called. Am I getting that right? Green what? River. Green River Fields yes. stuff. <laughs> I don't think there's fields involved. No. I think I added that. Green Fields does sound a bit like a cafe in Holland though. So there you go. It does actually, doesn't it? Yeah, it should be. Or an awful music festival. <laughs> Very terrible music Farmers festival. music festival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, farmers playing their favourite sheep. And oh, you've come to see the Wurzels. 
Yeah. If they're the only band playing. They're doing 30 sets this weekend. Or Jethro and his, uh, his favourite banjo. And uh, the Bluegrass Wonders. And Bob and his Iguana. Yeah, well, Bob and his Iguana gets around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get around town quite a lot. That'll be in the sequel. Bob does Bluegrass with his Iguana. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but basically... Uh, that was cool. I, that was a good experience. The setup was quite like Denny's, but the food was very much of here, mm-hmm. which was quite intriguing to me. Very cool little uh, new place opened up. What region is that? Is that like Tinsoiwai or is that? Yeah, it's part of Tinsoiwai. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. And then we uh, we got you ice cream, didn't Yay! we? <laughs> the first time since you've been back, you had ice cream. Yeah. Which in Hong Kong is kind of a mission impossible just to eat it without it melting all over your Oh, hands, it was it? a race. Between me and it dripping onto my hands. I think the only people that would listen to this show that could actually understand the craziness of eating ice cream in Hong Kong would probably be either, if you're from Houston, Texas, which is hot. All of Texas, I guess, is Mm. hot. Um, Basically, South Carolina during a hurricane or South Africa during a sandstorm. Anywhere in between. But you got 12 seconds before this thing is basically a puddle of milkshake on your hand. (laughs) It's literally how it works. So that's intriguing. Anything else that we did yesterday we want to talk about? I think we did a few things. Uh, I just can't remember because I'm still in agony over my leg. Yes, I'm basically still cloudy over my leg. It is healing, as I said, but it's uh, still enough to make me a bit mad. Mm. So yeah. you went swimming, didn't you? I did, and I realised just how unfit I really am. So how far, how close did you get to the Philippines? Uh, I got about halfway. Yeah. Just over halfway, and then thought I can't make it, so I better turn back. Did you get a lifeboat back? <laughs> Luxury cruise. What? How'd you get back? Uh, I got a lift with a uh, dolphin. Oh, a lift with a dolphin. Yeah, friendly dolphin. Yeah. Very smart. They are smart animals. Yeah. Very smart. Very intelligent. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go hunting them like badgers, would you? Oh no. No, we live a good great dolphin. GPS. Are you sure it was a dolphin, not a great white shark? Oh, uh, might have been. Might have been a great white shark. Yeah. They're all right as long as you feed them. He looked happy. Nice That's, big smile on his face. Well, what most people think great white sharks are evil predators, like really, you know, messed up in the head. They're actually misunderstood. All you need to do is feed them Cheetos or what's it, and they'll be fine. All the way back. Well, if you got a steak, got a cheesy tooth. They do. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd confuse a great white shark if mm-hmm. you gave it a cheesy snack. I don't think it'd be able to open the bag, to be honest with you. No, well, that's even better, because if you just put the... Well, that's cruelty. We can't do cruelty. So I was going to say, if you put the bag over his head, it not be able to bite you but i think the point is if you gave cheese to a shark and it's a very deep philosophical question for all scientists neuroscientists any biologists or anything anyone out there who's slightly intelligent ask yourself this if you gave cheese to a shark what would it do because it's never had cheese in its life before because you don't get much cheese in the ocean unless a liner falls down and now they've got a diet of plastic at the moment haven't they yeah yeah it's pretty brutal so pretty much american cheese yeah yeah, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I won't lie. Yeah, absolutely. But what I was just thinking of is if you could befriend a great white shark, your best way to do is, is feed it snacks along the way so it doesn't see you as food, which probably would be good for exactly 20 minutes before you realize, well, I've just made it more hungry. <laughs> that was a, especially if you give it MSG. I've had, yeah. it, I've had my digestion period for 20 minutes. Now I'm going to go after your face. So anyway, and if there's any sharks listening, good on you. Mm. Uh, glad you got internet and hooked up under the sea. I'm pretty sure that's, that's happening these days. Uh, Wi-Fi in caves and things <laughs> like this. We have in our cave, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, so yeah, so uh, you enjoyed your swim. 
Indeed. Anything radical happened at the swimming pool? No one exploded suddenly? Nothing like that? No, a bit boring, to be honest. Really? Nice outdoor pool, though. Nice, nice and chilled. Was it warm water? Cause yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing that's really baffling. When it's as hot as it is mm. here, or even Death Valley, quick shout out to you, Death Valley. When the water, you're expecting it to be cool, mm. like it would be, say, in Spain or something, yeah. when you jump in. Oh, no. And it instantly cools you off. Here, it's basically bathtub. Yeah, pretty much. pretty much how it is. Yeah. That's interesting. It's essentially the water they serve you in restaurants when you walk in. Oh, right. So, boiled. <laughs> boiled and then slightly cold. Well, we've got to correct that because they don't actually serve you water from this pool as a tradition here. So, like, <laughs> you, when you say, like, we walk into a restaurant, they give you water. It's not from this not pool, pool source. No, no. It's actually <laughs> from a different pool, maybe. I don't know. Or a Excuse well. me, waiter. My water's got an armband in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's uh, some chlorine in this thing. Uh, I guess that it's uh, come from a swimming pool. Anyway, moving on. So, well, talking of funny, funny flavored drinks, actually, I um, I bought a bottle of that see-through Coke. Oh yeah, with lime, right? And it tastes very medicinal. Really? Yeah. Because I mean, that... you, you can tell it's Coke, right? Which right. is really strange because it is completely clear. But yeah, there's a very medicinal taste to it. Is well, it a Coke intriguing. Zero as well? I don't think it's Coke with lime. Right, because sometimes Coke Zero tastes a bit medicinal mm. to me. So I don't know if it was like... I don't think so. Yeah. It's got a proper strong maybe medicine the, taste. Maybe it's the lime that's doing that. Mm, it might be. Yeah. But yeah, very weird. Well, it's kind of it's, it sort of feels like a throwback because many moons ago, and a lot of people in America will remember this more because it was re-released there recently. Well, so recently, when they were doing the Back to the Future throwback stuff. And they kept re- releasing old brands and stuff. One was Tab Clear, mm. which we had for all of like five minutes and a couple of shakes of your your wrist in England. We it didn't last long in the UK because they they advertised it as Clear Cola. Everyone tried about a mouthful of it and said, "Yeah, that that ain't Coke." And so it was ditched as a construct. I'm guessing that this is kind of an attempt to bring it back, but it is a weird thing. Coca Cola have become very strange, especially in Europe, and it's a little bit here. I guess it is in America too, where now instead of being color coded, so you know what you've got, you know how it used to be like zero was this and diet was this and this and this. Now it's just Coke, with a little thing on the top of the can that says what flavor it is. So it'd be orange if it's got orange in it. You know, all sorts pink now, if it's cherry. Yeah, but it's all it's all become sort of like misleading. It's very easy now to walk in, get a Coke, thinking it's the classic, <laughs> which they call it. Well, I'll just call it Coke. Uh, and then, you know, you've got something like Diet by accident. And I, I don't... And nobody wants to do that. No, I don't do well with Diet drinks. No. Because it just feels like the soul's been taken out and replaced by something a lot more chemical. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just a weird thing to say, because Coca-Cola is pretty much all chemical. But you know what I mean. Like, it's added chemical and removed of salt. It's kind of like, like a light beer. Like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. if you're stupid enough to drink a lot of beer, you're doing it because yeah. you obviously you're gonna don't do care. You're going to do it, do it right, you know? right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I want Stick my... some absinthe in there and be a man. <laughs> <laughs> or die very quickly. But what, well, I'm please, actually, just out there, um, just so you do this, don't put absinthe in beer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, that's only for unicorn slayers, and as you know, they're made of different stuff than you guys. Correct. Don't do it. Bad idea. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Plus, it'll taste gross. Yeah. Let's be honest. Absinthe I've had, I've had some weird gross. things in beer. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I've had, 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 had 
pint of Guinness that had a shot of brandy at the bottom of it with a shot of Bailey's dropped in it, which you then have to down. That's that's very yeah. similar to what we discussed with Will. That that's mm. brought me back a major flashback. Well, it is called an Irish car bomb. That's the one. That's the very cocktail. Politically yeah, correct. yeah, yeah. Now you brought right. that back up in mm. that episode. Yeah. So uh, don't do that either. Uh, blow up cars <laughs> with a car bomb, uh, and you yeah. won't be very effective if you have brandy and Bailey's and a Guinness to blow up cars anyway. So you nope. should be alright. But anyone out there, don't do either of those things. Mm. But the point I, I think that you got to state is like with Coca-Cola and all this stuff, especially in Hong Kong, it's interesting because they have limitations. Most places sell loads of stuff, but their limitations here are more natural. So where you have in the UK about a thousand different soda choices or uh, soft drink choices. We've got nothing compared to America. Well, that's true. That is true. But here it's it's more refined to like teas and like healthier stuff. So there's more of a nod to, like, you've got about your three state-of-the-art imported soda drinks, and then everything's basically, like, I don't know, like some kind of honey tea, uh, licorice tea, something like this tea, Mm. any old tea of the week you want, and fruit juice, big time on fruit juice, big time, Mm. which I think is cool until you go to, say, City Super here, which is the equivalent of, like, a souped-up, pimped-up kind of chef's supermarket, I would call it. Where you can literally get anything imported there. That's the only place in Hong Kong to get a Dr. Pepper or an Iron <laughs> Brew or anything like this. So it actually is quite cool because when you go there, they feel like real novelties. You actually feel like you deserve a soda. And it's important I say that because we're kind of going back to the beginning of this episode where about talking about entitlement or whatever. It's funny how it changes you when you have less choice from what you used to. Because you appreciate it when you find it mm. more than you do if it's just easily accessible, you know? And that's an important note, really, to uh, kind of finish this on. So look at that. There's some pretty deep stuff. Not as deep as uh, Pete swimming to Philippines on the back of a shark or a dolphin. We don't know what it was. Might be a crossbreed. Feeding it cheese. Yeah. Great white dolphin. Great white dolphin. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. That's, that's the, what it uh, said. I think that's the Maori name for it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, everyone in, in New Zealand. Sorry, I don't actually speak uh, anything but moron. So there you go. So Don't we know? Yeah, it's okay. So, you know, if, if I mess up and I haven't got my teeth in, it's just because I'm speaking moron. Anyway, so uh, Great White Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Awesome. There's a new TV show there somewhere, or a film. Sharknado 7 or whatever we're on there. Uh, I think it's a whole new Sharknado. Mm. The, the great white dolphin. Nado. Nado. Nado, Nado. And on that note, we're going to put our brains back in. We're going <laughs> to film later tonight. We've got an evening shot planned. We'll tell you all about it next time on the old uh, This Here Old Podcasty thing. We are, well, I'm eventually going to get more sensible and smart. I think we've discussed quite a lot of things mm-hmm. today that have uh, been unexpected. We know that Wynne had ham and cheese sandwiches for far too long. That's probably why she's uh, four foot ten and she fits in your pocket. But basically, I'm not. Well, so, so sorry, five, five foot, five foot, a smidgen and a bit. Um, so we're going to wrap up today. We're going to film tonight at a very special and famous place locally, at least to me, and maybe three other people that know about it. But it's a pretty cool place. We'll tell you all about that next time. Obviously, we won't ruin anything of content and all this stuff. But right now, if you're looking for something to do, 
go on Google, do a search for... The Pingshan Heritage Trail. Get on Google and search the uh, Pingshan Heritage Trail in Hong Kong. You will be seeing where we film predominantly. Uh, obviously, when you actually see it on the show, sometime sort of November, December, we're being positive. Uh, you will actually see better visuals than you will find on Google. Uh, we have got the biggest state-of-the-art uh, camera person we could find here. I say biggest because most people are shorter than her. So Wynn's done all the photography for uh, this series. Thank you very much. Very good of you. And uh, yes, we'll be out there tonight. You looking forward to it? Can't wait. Very good. And on that note, it's bye from us for this week. <laughs> We'll see you. Hopefully we'll be a bit more sensible next week. See no ya. chance. Bye, kids. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We are also on Podbean now, so you can check out the app. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And we are also on Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA.